Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 63 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and today's episode is titled Physical Maintenance on the Trail. Now, in episode 32, we talked to Joe Bonington from Joe's Base Camp up in Sydney about long-term preparation for hikes and adventures. The, today's episode is going to take this um, a bit more micro, if you like, and we're going to be talking to Jackie Ambrose Benazi from Canberra Fitness Centre about the physical maintenance that we as hikers should be doing each day on the trail to ensure that we maintain our fitness and reduce injuries. And something this is something that many hikers take for granted at best and more typically don't do at all. Okay, so Canberra Fitness Centre is a community of motivated people who love to work hard and achieve goals while having fun. They offer personal training, small group PT, as well as a range of other services. And we'll talk a bit, a bit more about that in a moment. They're not about got to get your bikini body back, and while they will say this will happen from the changes you make in your life, it's not their driving factor. So if you're looking for a place to train where you won't be judged on what the label of, of workout clothing you're wearing, or whether you're skinny enough or fit enough, then Canberra Fitness Centre is for you. And both Jill and I can speak from personal experience on this. Now, Jackie founded Canberra Fitness Centre, better, better known as PT to you, back in 2009, and she holds a range of high-level industry qualifications and is very passionate about helping her clients achieve their goals. So I'd like to welcome Jackie to the Australian Hiker Podcast and thank her for providing her time to talk to us. Okay, Jackie, um, now just a bit about you. So what's your background and how did you come to work in fitness training? Wow, <laughs> that was a midlife crisis at 23 years old, <laughs> um, working in the IT industry and had enough of doing that, absolutely loved helping people, um, had such a passion for exercise myself and my now husband said, why don't you go and do your personal training course um, and have not looked back since then. So what was, what was the motivating reason apart from uh, being into physical fitness for setting the, the, fit, the Canberra Fitness Centre up? It was actually, um, I own a franchise called Preggy Bellies and we needed a venue for the um, classes to run. So we started Canberra Fitness Centre, um, doing personal training outdoors and group sessions and everything like that. Unfortunately, it does take a toll traveling back and forth through Canberra. So um, working full time as well as working before, during and after work, it just got too much. Um, then I had that opportunity to buy the franchise and I went, okay, we need to find a premises. So 2013 started. Um, again, it was called PT2U and then it was just too much to do the mobile training. So rebranded to Canberra Fitness Centre um, and we, yeah, have been going there since then. All right. And we, we talked briefly in the introduction about uh, the services that Canberra Fitness Centre off, offer. But, but so what's the range of things that you do do for your clients? 
There are so many. It's the one fit stop for fitness. Um, it's for the whole family. So we have personal training sessions for people who are looking at getting back into training. Um, we've got small group PT as well, um, which focus on strength elements. We have the group classes. So we've got box fit boot camps. We've got Chase Athletic, which is a bit of the um, strength conditioning work, Pilates, mums with bubs classes, um, step aerobics as well, if you like a bit of a, a fun session. So there's a bit there for everyone. Okay, so just before we look at the, the physical maintenance that we should be doing from a daily basis while we're hiking, we'll just go back and do a bit of a, a refresher, if you like, about um, getting ready for hikes and preparing for hikes. So um, as an example, I'm looking at doing a five, six-day hike on the Overland Track. It's roughly around about 65 to 70 kilometers. I'm going to be carrying a 15-kilo pack, uh, and that's probably that's probably typical of what a lot of hikers will be doing on that sort of trail. So what are the sort of things from a preparations perspective should we be doing um, prior to actually going on the trip itself? You definitely need to be doing your strength training. And as you said earlier um, in episode 32, you spoke with one of my friends, Joe Bonington. Um, you also need to be adding in some stability exercises as well. So exercises to help strengthen glutes as well, strengthen the core. And I'm not talking sit-ups and crunches because all they're going to do is more pressure on your back and tighten your hip flexors. Um, but if you can see a, a, a physio um, or an exercise physiologist, people like that, just to get some really good exercises to do beforehand, because what you tend to find is people just lack that strength in those small stabilizing muscles. So you go into a hike like that and then they're wondering why their back's hurting, why their hips are hurting, their shoulders again are hurting or their neck because they just don't have that strength to be able to hold the pack. Yes, you need to do your training with all of that as well, but don't forget those poor little muscles that help support everything. We think about the larger muscle groups, we need to focus on the smaller muscle groups as well. I think one of the uh, one of the things that Joe mentioned when I talked to him uh, last year, he talked about pack training. And I think for a lot of hikers, they'll often say, well, I'm going to be walking 10 kilometers and they'll go and hike 10 kilometers and, it's, and they can do it quite well, but they're, they're doing it without a pack. So mm-hmm. certainly from a long, long-term point of view, starting off doing this, the walking and doing the distances is good, but getting getting a pack on and getting used to that, um, you know, a day with a, a fully loaded pack might give you a good idea of where your weaknesses are, where your sorenesses are, and where you need to actually do, concentrate your effort on. Absolutely. And I think um, the other thing as well, as far as preparing for hikes, we often talk about doing just walking and walking is a good exercise but if all you're doing is walking around the streets in your local area you're walking on fat ground you're walking on concrete or bitumen or maybe grass um, but if you actually get out onto a, a hiking trail the ground's a little bit uneven you're actually having to your legs and your muscles are actually having to stabilize your body uh, and that's certainly the the best sort of training you can do is actually pack training on a hiking trail and maybe not maybe it's not fully loaded pack but it's got to have a pack with a bit of weight on it. Okay, now in relation to preparation for longer hikes as well, one of the things that often tends to um, worry me in particular is is, is issues of overuse injuries. Um, now, I think if you're doing just the short five or even 10k walks and you're doing one-off walks, it's not a real issue. But when you're doing longer trips, so you might be hiking for two or three weeks, you might be doing 20 20 kilometers plus in a day or even even just 15 kilometers in a day um, you start this is where people tend to start having problems so 
we, as I said, we talked to Joe uh, Joe Bonington recent, uh, last year about this, but in relation to making sure you minimise any risks uh, on the trail, um, what are the, the things that people need to be doing uh, while they're preparing for these longer, uh, more complex hikes? Well, usually you have an idea of when the hike is going to be. You have that date set. You need to plan well in advance of what you're going to be doing. So breaking down month by month, week by week, day by day, what you're going to be doing. And you need to obviously be including walks in there with carrying the pack to build up the endurance and your body getting used to carrying that weight. Obviously, you're not going to start with 15 kilos straight away, build it up from there. Um, but like we touched on um, in terms of making sure you're working stabilizing muscles as well so you know doing your glute activation exercises some core work as well um, to help support so that you're not getting onto those hikes and all of a sudden your body can't cope with load and the demand that's being put on it because they're not easy hikes joe would have talked about all the strength stuff as well that needs to be involved as well it's all key element all the parts that need to be put together um, if you're not doing all of it and you're just going to go straight into walking when it gets to the actual um, hike days and you're doing your long, you know, four, six hour um, days, your body's just not going to cope. And that's where you are going to end up with those injuries. So it's making sure you're staying on top of the strengthening exercises, your stabilizing exercises, your mobility and stretching as well, making sure you're getting enough sleep and you're preparing yourself with your walks and carrying the pack as well. I think one of the big issues for a lot of people, I mean, for, for people that are into hiking and are doing it on a regular basis, they do tend to plan out uh, well in advance uh, that they're, they're doing a particular track six months, eight months down the, tra uh, the trail. What often tends to be the issue, and I've seen this happen um, in relation to, say, the Kokoda track, where um, all of a sudden they've, a friend will ring somebody and say, oh, look, we've got a space or we're going on this trip. Do you want to join us? And it leaves in two weeks' time. And they, and they haven't done any preparation at all. Um, and I think certainly um, um, you, you find with Kokoda in particular where, yeah, you've got a hot, humid sort of climate. Um, and, you know, if it's been a bit of rain, it can be a bit wet and slippery. Uh, and it's not just dealing with the actual walking itself. It's dealing with the walking plus the humidity and the heat. Uh, which tends to really knock people more about, more so than, say, the dry heat does. Yeah. Um, I'm totally shaking my head. If someone called up two weeks beforehand, you better be saying no, <laughs> unless you've been doing some form of training for another hike. Your body's just not prepared, and that's where you are absolutely going to get injured. Dehydration, the mental state as well for doing one of those hikes as well. It's just it's so much demand on the body. Two weeks is not enough time to prepare um, for one of those hikes. Okay, so we've given a bit of background now into, um, uh, again, just a, a refresher into the, the preparation for these longer hikes. Now we'll go through and look at specifically physical maintenance while we're hiking. So things we should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis while we're on the trail. Now, as hikers, a lot of us have gone through and done our training, and most people tend to be reasonably good on this. They'll say, oh, look, I'm going to do the Kokoda track or I'm going to walk the Overland track, and they'll start out uh, possibly months in advance, maybe only even weeks in advance, um, and do a bit of preparation. But now you're on the trail. And from personal experience, the majority of hikers I see when I'm out hiking, they just get up in the morning, have breakfast, uh, break camp and go. 
Uh, and the, the end of the day is the same. They'll get into camp. Uh, they won't do a lot. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a worry, I suppose, in some respects. But can this lack of warm-up and cool-down create any injury issues for us as hikers? Absolutely, it can. Um, you're thinking you're carrying a pack that's, what, anywhere from 15 to 20 kilos on your back. Um, think of the pressure that's being put through there. Um, the shoulders, I'm sure, have your shoulders gotten sore whilst being out on a hike? Um, so your shoulders you've got to be aware of, the neck, you might get back pain as well, um, hips. And if you don't address those straight away, they can become chronic injuries for, um, later down the track. And that's what you want to avoid. Okay. So... I suppose we'll just go through and have a look at a typical day when we're out hiking. So what what sort of daily physical maintenance should we do when we're out hiking? Look, ideally, if you can do, you know, you get up at the start of the day, if you're doing an overnight hike or um, you're, you're just starting out, if you can do some sort of dynamic movements just to get some synovial fluid through the joints, get the body moving, a little bit of a yoga flow as well. So I can show you some of that. Obviously, the viewers can't see us doing it, so you're going to be sharing some later. Um, but some, you know, basic little yoga moves. Um, I like to use the KISS approach, keep it simple, stupid, because you're not going to have much time to get that stuff done. And what do you mean by by dynamic movements? So little leg swings, arm circles, those sorts of things as well. Um, if you can, some little squats as well. They don't have to be deep. They don't have to be many, but just to get the blood flow through the muscles. And should you be doing that um, virtually as soon as you get up or you know, wander around a bit first to sort of warm up a bit? If or? you can wander around a bit and then get into doing some of that, yes. All right. Uh, what about during the day? So, you know, you, you, you're walking for, for a lot of people, they'll often walk sort of four to six, four to eight hours for a day, depending on, on the bigger hikes. Mm -hmm. So is there anything we should be doing during the daytime at all? Look, if you get an opportunity to have a quick break and just stretch the quads, give a, um, you know, a bit of stretch through the lower back, just through the shoulders, those sorts of things, that would be great calves as well, because they do tighten up a lot. Um, you know, they're the perfect sort of things to be doing. All right. Now, what about the end of the day? So we've we've gotten into camp. Um, uh, what should we be doing at the end of the day? And, and I suppose when should we be doing it as well? Yeah, look, the best time as soon as you're getting, if you can put your stuff down, it's the perfect opportunity to be doing your stretching and your mobility work because you're already warm. I'm not a huge fan. Some trainers do still do stretching when they're um, cool. You're much better to do stretching on warm muscles. So that's a perfect opportunity to be doing your hip openings, your glutes, your calves, your quads, your hamstrings, the whole body if you can, um, and also some myofascial releasing. So if you've got room for a little tennis ball or a lacrosse ball, so you can get down and do some rolling through the hips, through the shoulders, um, and, you know, they're the sorts of things that you should and, you know, could do. All right. Um, and, um, I mean, I suppose uh, for, for many people, myself included, often after a very big day, if I feel too tired, so I'll, I'll get into camp and all I want to do is just have a bit of a lie down or I want to have dinner. Um, and then quite often it's like, okay, well, now it's time to go to bed and I haven't done anything. But what's the minimum that we should be doing? Look, if you can do five minutes, it's going to be better than doing nothing. You do need to do some form of stretching. Otherwise, your muscles are just going to seize up. And the best thing is that you can do so many of the stretches lying down as well. You don't have to be standing. Um, and, you know, hey, if you fall asleep <laughs> when you wake up, do some. <laughs> no, but in reality, if you can, just five minutes is perfect. All right. Um, now, uh in relation to, you mentioned uh, things like tennis balls or things like that. Mm -hmm. What equipment, if any, do we need? And um, uh, and I suppose, 
are there any alternatives we can use as hikers that we can sort of improvise with some of this sort of stuff? Yeah, look, if you've got your water bottle, most of you are going to have stainless steel hard ones. Um, or what do you take? What do you tend to take? Uh, me personally, it, it's uh, it's more the water bladders, so I tend not okay. to carry a bottle, but okay. I do. But I do carry a small massage ball or a golf ball or something like that with me. Perfect. Um, but nothing much bigger than that, though. Okay. All right. If you're going on a shorter hike and you're able to take one of those, um, you know, hard drink bottles, they're great. You can do some rolling on those. But as you said, the golf ball, because it's nice and small, you don't need a huge amount of room for that. Or a tennis ball, they're perfect to take as well. But you've also got your pack so you can sit on that and elevate yourself so that you can get a deeper stretch in different ways as well. All right. Okay. And just one final thing. So just a last thought, what final takeaway would you provide to uh, people undertaking longer trips so they can maintain their physical fitness and minimize the risk of injury? Yes, it can be hard at the end of the day. You're absolutely exhausted and all you want to do is lie down, eat food and lie down. But if you can just take that five minutes to do some, you know, basic stretching, it's going to help you in the long run. Um, people really take for granted their bodies. And then all of a sudden when they get injured, they're, they're like, why? Why has it happened? But it's a build up. Um, you need to stay on top of it. So if you can, that five minutes, just some stretching at the end, and that will really help. All right. Thank you very much. So that was Jackie Ambrose Bernazzi uh, for the Canberra Fitness Centre. Um, and um, hopefully that's been of help and uh, keeping you fit and healthy on the trail. Thanks, Tim. Now, one of the uh, one of the reasons we wanted to go through and do this uh, this interview with Jackie was um, just recently uh, I took part in um, uh, a two day walking event in Canberra without a pack. It was really just a, a small day pack, uh, and certainly these were these were long distances we're talking about. We're sort of um, uh, not the typical sort of hike lengths, but I found on both days there were a large number of people there, and there was nobody else out of sort of fifty or sixty people that were there apart from myself that I was seeing doing warm-up exercises. Maybe they did somewhere else, um, but certainly you know, these, these are people that had been there for sort of 40 minutes, an hour, and they just didn't appear to be doing any exercises for this. And I found that really interesting because, you know, doing 42 kilometres, I think, on one day, and as you said, you weren't carrying a pack, but that's, that's a big distance, um, and that is quite an endurance activity. So, um, and... At the end of the day, you really noticed how, um, you know, completely um, spent, completely, um, you know, tired people were. They, they were um, really dragging their feet and, and um, in some cases, limping along. The stretching might not have changed that, but um, certainly, I mean, you know, that was testament that they were. They were having a really big impact on their bodies on that day. So a small thing like doing some stretching, um, you know, m might have saved a little bit of the strain. And I think even with the shorter hikes, even if you're only doing a few kilometres or even maybe five or ten kilometres, um, if you're not doing a, a lot of exercise regularly, um, you get into a routine, you get into a rhythm, um, particularly if the ground is fairly consistent, you'll find you'll, you'll have a stride that's pretty much the same sort of length. And you find at the end of the day, you take your pack off, all of a sudden you've got uh, not carrying that weight and you find it difficult to actually stretch out. Uh, you know, you've been so used to having a particular size step that's, that's used to, that's been geared when you're carrying a pack. So I think um, 
for me, I I do um, stretch before I'll get up at the start of the day. I'll have a wander around. I'll get myself ready, uh, allow myself a bit of time to warm up, and then I'll start doing those exercises. So the leg swings in particular, uh, uh, just to get myself uh, fit and ready to go for the day. Um, yeah, I think the other thing is that, you know, particularly if you're doing overnight um camping, hiking, and, um, you know, you're sleeping in a place where it's not so comfortable. You get up and you're already a little bit stiff because, you know, you're not sleeping in your your special personal bed at home. Um, so that means you, you've, you're you already starting um, a little bit back from where you would normally be. So, you know, those stretches, um, and we did talk to Jackie about the sorts of stretches and the yoga poses are great for stretching out the back and stretching um, stretching out um, the legs, particularly if you've been a little bit cramped or a little bit, um, uh, you know, stiff and un- uncomfortable during the night. I think um, I think one of the things I tend to find, I've had um, a number of hikes where I've been really tired at the end of the day and all I want to do, as I said at the start of this episode, of just get the tent set up, have a bit of a rest, and, you know, and I've had days where I've been so tired, it's like, oh, look, I can't even be bothered having dinner and I just go straight to sleep. Uh, and then you start the day the next day and you tend to be very stiff um, and sore. Uh, and if you're doing this for a, over a period of a, a, a four or five or six days or even a couple of weeks, um, it tends to start catching up on you. So you're better off, as Jackie said, spend even just five minutes at the start of the day, five minutes at the end. If you're doing a, a day where you've, you know, you're hiking four, five, six, seven hours, um, have that lunch break, um, take your pack off, um, do a bit of stretching. Um, and I must admit, even for me, I'll take my shoes and socks off, providing the weather's not too bad, just to let my feet dry out a bit and the socks dry out a bit to sort of uh, uh, allow my uh, my feet a bit of room to breathe as well. So yeah, and now now that we've talked to Jackie, um, we we had. Um uh, another set of things we need to do before we put the tent up. Um, when we talked to Lisa, the nutritionist, um, she um, recommended that we get some food before we put the tent up. So um, I'm not sure which one comes first, maybe stretching and then food. Um, but definitely the tent is last, I think, is probably the message that I've got so far. <laughs> And as as I said, probably the uh, the hack. I mean, you know, you can you can use a water bottle, one of the the more solid water bottles, and the metal water bottles for those of you that do carry them. And there are people out there that use those bottles quite regularly, uh, as good for rolling out the muscles. Uh, and for me, I I tend to use a bladder, so I'll always take a golf ball or a small massage ball with me on a on a longer hike. They don't weigh very much, they don't take up much space, and I think for what they actually do they're well worth taking on a hike. So uh, if you get an opportunity, go and pinch one of your, one of your uh, golf balls from uh, from somewhere around the place or pinch one of your relative's golf balls. They're, they're quite a handy little thing if well, you don't they, have one. They they could be golfers, Tim. They might have their own golf balls. I don't think golfers hike, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, I mean, be a bit creative because, you know, there's always um, often – there are uh, rounded rocks around the place, so you know you can, um, particularly for um, stretching out your your feet, you know, um, molding your foot around um, a, a smooth rock is a great thing to do, and and you know gets a nice stretch around your foot. So all those sorts of things. It's not just, um, I guess, 
the bigger muscles that you want to be stretching out. It's also things like the muscles um, underneath your feet. And don't forget, I suppose, final thing from us, don't forget to do the preparation well in advance for the hike. Um, as I said, I've, I've seen people uh, being offered places on hikes two weeks out and they don't do very well. They need that time to prepare. So just on, on that, um, I got a lot of training from uh, Jackie's husband, Matt, uh, before we did Lara Pinta. And um, uh, I don't know how many... Um, squats with a weighted bar I did, but gee, there were a lot, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so if you're interested in con- contacting Jackie, um, they, their contact details will be uh, on the show notes. Um, so if you go to our website, you'll be able to track her down. Okay, we hope that's been a help for you. and hope you've enjoyed. Okay, next week's regular episode is uh, is titled Long Trails. And we're going to be looking at Australia's long trails uh, and we'll go through and pick the a selection of the, some of the, the better known ones and just provide a bit of brief overview of what's available for those of you that want to do a longer hike. Um, as always, this episode is available to download through our website, through SoundCloud, through Stitcher Radio and through iTunes. And if you have the time, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. That's all from me. Bye for now. And bye from me.